Central New York, and hello, hockey fans all across the internet, and welcome to 315 Hockey Live, the show dedicated to hockey in Central New York. I'm your host, Scott Kinville, and you will notice that I am not in the studio tonight. Um, just so everybody knows and everybody's wondering, uh, just getting over the COVID, so I decided to uh, stay out of the studio tonight so I don't want to infect anybody else, any leftover, uh, so I'm out here in my garage. But regardless, we have got a great show lined up for you tonight. Before I bring our guests in, no, I'm going to give you my co-host. First of all, sitting right there on his couch, he's ready to rock and roll. He is the founder of 315hockey.com. He is Mr. Mike Verminski. Mike, how are you? Doing pretty well, Scott. Been a busy few days, as you know, but that's all part of life, I guess. So. It is. It is. But you know what? It's a good busy. It's a really good, good busy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sitting by himself... In the studio. Looks like he's all lonely over there. I'm all alone. I don't know what yeah. to do. <laughs> he is our madman on the switchboard. He is our producer. He is Dave the Save Warner. How you doing? I'm doing great. Miss you, Scott. That's good. I, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure you really do. Yeah. Got nobody to throw spit wads at. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll get me back next week. Don't yeah, worry. I will. I will. <laughs> all right. So I want to bring our guests in. You know, last week we had the head coach of the uh, Colgate women's hockey team, Greg Fargo, along with defender Sidney Bard on. And this week, we are going to keep that Colgate theme going. And we are so honored to have tonight with us the head coach of the Colgate men's hockey team, Mr. Doug, or Don Vaughn, along with goaltender Carter Guylander. How are you guys? Doing great, fellas. Glad to be with you. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you so much for coming on. This is uh, I know you guys are, are getting ready for your season. You just mentioned that you were just coming off the rink, getting done with a good practice session, I'm sure. Yep, we did. Uh, you know, we it's uh, we got a couple of games coming up this weekend. I'm sure we'll touch base on a little bit, but it comes quick. Um, you know, so here we go, and we'll be flat out pretty much now until until the middle middle of March. So uh, the the fun begins this week. Absolutely, nonstop all the way through. It's awesome. So, Coach, I want to I want to ask you first. So, you are a 1984 graduate of St. Lawrence University. Uh, you were a standout hockey player up there. Uh, right after you graduated, you went into coaching, and your first stop was in Holland as a player coach. So tell me, how did that come about, and uh, tell us about that experience. Sure. And, you know, keeping it in the 315 area code, too, up there in Canton, New York. So we're, Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it was an unbelievable experience for me, first of all. It, it was uh, – it came about in kind of a crazy, crazy way. I had a, a, a friend of mine uh, just gave me some names, and I reached out after I graduated, and – I uh, had some opportunities to go to both uh, Germany and the Netherlands and uh, the, the Netherlands gig looked a little bit better for me. So uh, I went over there, ended up playing, didn't know him at the time, but ended up playing with another good New York uh, guy, uh, a guy named Stan Moore. Um, Stan's father coached up in Messina for a long time and Stan played at Oswego. And he and I met for the first time at the airport in Montreal on our way to, on our way to Holland. And, uh, I mean, it's just the beautiful people. Uh, it was a great way to sort of get our feet wet in terms of coach. We were, we not only coached our own team, but we coached all of the youth hockey programs as well. And uh, it was, uh, it was interesting. We, we, you know, we, we landed and, you know, all these the Dutch kids can skate. There's no question about that. You know, they've been on skates you know, sure. a little bit longer than ours, but they've been on skates since they were, uh, since they were little. So we were watching them get out on the ice and skate around and Stan and I kind of looked at each other and said, wow, you know, these kids are pretty good. And then they put a puck on the ice and it was like, Oh my God, what just happened? Like they could, they couldn't even stand up straight. It was, it was pretty funny. 
um, but it, it was a great experience. The people were tremendous. Uh, we got an opportunity to do some traveling. And uh, to this day, I still have some great friends uh, in the city that we played in, a place called Enskede, uh, right on the German border. So uh, fond memories, but it got my, you know, sort of my feet wet in terms of coaching because I hadn't done a whole lot of that up until that point. And uh, I'd like to think that that's sort of the beginning of, of where I am now. Awesome. Very awesome. That's a, I tell you that what a, what a heck of a way to start. I mean, that's, but that's, it's got to, you know, just again, the experience of it all had to have been fantastic. So you come back stateside after you were done there and now you are entering your 29th season at Colgate as the head coach, which is just phenomenal in itself. Uh, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in the game itself, uh, starting from when you started coaching to right now? <laughs> uh, how long do you have? I mean, <laughs> you as think long as you want, I, mean, I did start as an assistant coach in 1985 at my alma mater at St. Lawrence. So that goes back away. So, of course, no cell phones, no Internet, um, no social media. Um, you know, so, so a lot has changed. I remember being on the road recruiting and, um, you know, there'd be a lineup of 10 or 12 deep of, you know, assistant coaches and scouts uh, waiting to get on a payphone, you know, and everybody was waiting in line to either call their head coach or, or home to check in on family since we're on the road a lot. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's, that part of it has changed, you know, a lot. I mean, uh, I think the other, you know, the other thing that I, I see is, you know, these guys, Carter, obviously some of these other guys that, that I've coached over the years that, you know, we, we didn't play our first game when I, when I first started at Colgate until like mid October, uh, maybe in the third week. And now we're playing this weekend, you know, the beginning of October and it's become a 24 seven, 365 day commitment, both from the athletes and the coaches. And uh, that that's been a huge, it used to be, you know, guys would show up in, you know, in late August, and they'd had a month to, uh, a month to get in shape. Well, you know that that that's not happening anymore. The, you know, the guys are they're taking care of their bodies, they're they're eating properly, they're getting their rest. You know that that that's been a big difference. Um, I certainly can't I, I can't tell these guys anything that they don't already know when it comes to the social media piece. Like I'll walk in the locker room like I've got this big you know big news, like somebody got traded or uh, you know the polls are out and. So I'll announce it in the locker room and they kind of look at me like, like I've got like, but what's wrong with you coach? That, that's like yesterday's news. Um, but I think one of the biggest changes in terms of, you know, managing people and, and coaching is that this generation, probably for about the last 10 years, um, they, they, they need to know why you're doing a drill or why you're doing a certain piece of structure. And they need to know now. Um, which has really been different. I mean, when I first get into this, you know, you, you do as I say kind of thing, you know, you, you bark at them and they, they go out and they do it. Now these guys, uh, they keep you sharp. There's, there's no question about that. Like uh, without getting into details, I mean, they, they just want to know why you're doing a drill and what's, what's, what's this going to do for me personally and how do I get better from doing this kind of thing? And, you know, for me, it, it, it's kept me sharp. Um, sure. You know, these guys are a lot smarter than I am. I, I, I say that every day. I admire what they do. I know, you know, academically and everything else on campus, but it's the fact that, that they're inquisitive. They want to know and they expect information, you know, instantaneously. And that's been a huge shift from, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. 
Oh, absolutely. The the days of do it because I told you to do it are long gone. Boy, that's, they ever. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, you know, Coach, we just got some of your background. Carter, I want to get a little bit of yours, too. And I know Mike, being a, a former fellow goaltender, uh, has a question that he wants to ask you. Yeah, I always like to learn how goalies decided to play goalie and then who your favorite goalie was or is still. Yeah, well, it's a rather interesting story of how I became a goalie. Um, back home, I got two older sisters, Allie and Brittany, and my parents put them in ringette, being from Canada, which is a pretty popular sport. Um, more, definitely a lot more girls than boys playing that, but um, with uh, both of them working and having two older sisters, with a schedule with myself on a different minor hockey team, that was just wasn't going to work, so they put me in ringette. And I started off playing as a, just a normal player. And back in those leagues, you know, you could only score three goals max kind of thing. And I go out there, sometimes score three goals. And I was, I just loved to score. And it wasn't until my second year that uh, we just have a rotating goalie system. And at first, it never crossed my mind that I wanted to play a goalie. And one day, oh, I'll try it. And uh, that after that moment, I tried it. I realized, you know what, this is a lot easier. I don't have to skate, don't have to work as nearly as hard and why not i loved it and so pretty much from that point on i uh just remained as being a goalie and just tried out for uh my novice team in hockey and from there uh i've never been a player as uh playing hockey ever that's really cool and you know it, it's funny because like we i, I coach a, a youth ball hockey program that we have down here and coach you might be able to speak to this when, when kids are younger like that, I always tell them it, it's a, it's great to actually try every position because I'll have some kids. I just want to be a goalie. I don't want it. It's like, well, that's good. That's great. But it's fantastic also to be able to get that other perspective. Not only that, I, I think, you know, we're so specialized now in all of our sports. I, I think kids should play a lot of different sports. Oh, sure. Growing up, we played, you know, we played, we did play ball hockey when the ice came out and then we played, you know, fast you know, fast pitch uh, softball in Canada and, and baseball. And I mean, it just develops all different kinds of skill sets. Um, but it's so hard and I get it. I understand, you know, why parents do it. They, you know, Johnny next door is playing 12 months a year. He's going to get a, a, you know, a head start on, on my son. If I don't do that, um, I don't know. I, I still believe that, you know, developing other skill sets um, and by playing other sports is still the best way to go. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Carter, your all your hard work paid off. As uh, 2019, you were drafted by the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, so, tell us about that draft experience. Were you expecting to get drafted that year? Um, you know, I had I had high hopes and I was optimistic that I was going to get drafted. And that's also kind of a funny story that I uh, at that time I was still working at uh, the golf course when I go back home in the summers, and I couldn't get that shift that Saturday, the second day of the draft. I couldn't get that off. And I had to work in the afternoon. So in the morning, I was watching the draft all the way up until maybe about the fifth round or so. And then um, from two o'clock on, I had to watch it, just the live updates on my phone. And at the golf course, I was picking picking range balls and then bringing them back to the back and uh, watching them. And sure enough, I got a phone call from my advisor saying that, uh, uh, did you hear the news? And I had to tell him, no, I didn't because I didn't see it live. <laughs> I was watching it or watching balls. So that was a pretty good phone call. And from there, I, you know, I had to go in and tell my boss, Hey, I need a few minutes here. And, uh, he was more than happy to give me a little bit of a early break. Oh, that's awesome. I was going to say, I hope you were not on the board because probably as soon as you got the news, that course got altered just a little bit out of excitement. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but you know, you mentioned back home, you're from outside of Edmonton, I believe. Yep, just uh, outside of Edmonton. Oilers fan growing up? Yep, an Oilers fan growing up. That's kind of a stupid question, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Scott Rippentier says, you know, speaking of that, he wants your Kings jersey uh, out of the back there. Time to go Rangers. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I'm one of the only... You know, Kings fans, I'm probably in the yeah. entire East Coast here, so I, <laughs> well, I got to be talk, different at You all started time. talking Edmonton, so I had to bring it up, you know. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. <laughs> so, Carter, just uh, real quick, what, uh, you know, because Coach touched on, you know, you guys are 12 months a year now. What kind of uh, preparations do you do in the offseason to get ready for a new season? Well, yeah, what Coach touched on is pretty much spot on. It's right now it's, it's a full commitment, you know, 24-7, 365, and – I am going to agree with coach here that I think when you're growing up and hockey isn't as much of a time commitment that, uh, you know, players and anybody should in, engage in other sports as well. Um, I growing up, I played basketball, volleyball, badminton, like, you know, you name it, I'll play it kind of thing. And it's uh, up until the point where, you know, hockey starting to get a more and more serious where, you know, now it's, it's a 365 kind of job. Um, so like the past few years now, it's been, uh, you know, in the summers, it's you got pretty much no time off other than going home. And even when you're at home, you're you're grinding it. It's uh, it certainly is a process, but it's it certainly has paid off up until this point. Um, and to speak on that, just in the summers back when I got drafted in 2019, um, I experienced my first development camp and that was uh, certainly eye opening. And uh, from that point on, it, during the camp, they taught us quite a lot of what what it's like to be a pro and, you know, how to manage everything on the ice, off the ice, your body and your time management. And that all that's all applicable to being a student athlete. And that's one of the best kind of experiences that comes with playing college hockey. So it's it certainly has been uh, a grind, but I've learned a lot over the past few years of what it takes to, you know, just be a pro. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I wanted to ask you guys about that, too, because, you know, Coach, your teams are consistently in, in the top of the academics uh, for the NCAA for hockey. How do you guys continue year after year having that academic excellence? Well, first of all, we make, we make it a priority and we actually pull it into the locker room. I mean, it's um, it's something that, that I've always, since I got here, um, it was was important to me, obviously. But it, it until we brought it in the locker room, it was kind of just sort of hanging out there. But I remember one of my former captains um, one year brought in and we put the line charts up on the board. I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it worked. And he basically uh, put up all of the line, the line charts on the, on the, on the board in the locker room. And he put all of the guys GPAs from the semester next to their names Dude. on their line chart. Wow. And, you know, it was, you know, it was a little bit risky. Uh-huh. Um, nobody was in, you know, in, in risk of failing out or anything, but man, did the competitive juices get flowing. I mean, these, these guys are competitive and they're competitive in everything that they do, um, including their academic GPAs. And sure. uh, that was just, a, you know, it was just a little thing that sort of, you know, we pulled into the locker room. But for me, it's always been during the recruiting process. It's always about, um, you know, whether with Carter, you know, he's, he's going to play pro hockey but you can't play forever. And uh, I mean, it sounds like an old cliche, but you need something else to fall back on when, when the playing days are over. And a Colgate degree is going to take you a, a long way. And in many cases, the earning potential from a Colgate 
degree will outlast your your pro career by by miles. Um, so, it, you know, it's always it, it's hard. It's and it's harder now because you know the, the the NHL can bring in so many free agents now with less money as they could, you know, 20 years ago when the when the collective bargaining agreement was different and they'd have to pay a rookie a million dollar signing bonus. They don't have to do that anymore. So a lot of teams will throw, you know, a million dollars at five different players. And if one of them sticks, it's money well spent. Um, and it's hard. It's hard for kids. It's hard for families uh, when you see that money on the table. But at the end of the day, I still believe that um, it's, it's still more important to get that Colgate education, that Colgate degree, um, the earning potential from that will far out uh, weigh uh, whatever you're going to get as a pro, unless you're, I don't know, you know, Sidney Crosby or you right. know, as a play for 10 or 15 or 20 years, which is sure. not the norm. So uh, we keep putting in front of guys how important it is. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's on these guys. They're, they're amazing. It, it, it blows my mind every day, the work that they put in, academically on the hill as we refer to it here the work they put in you know down in the rink um you know they have two full-time jobs it's 20 plus hours a week or you know academically and 20 hours a week down at the rink so um yeah i admire what they do and i know every single one of these guys is going to be successful whatever it is they choose to do and hopefully they'll get an opportunity to play some hockey you know, before the real world kicks in. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Carter, I'm sure you can speak to just how, how challenging that can be sometimes, especially during the season to balance those academics uh, along with your hockey commitments. But you guys just do a fantastic job and it's hats off to you. Really excellent. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. I just want to touch on this as well. It's sure. my first year experience was throughout the COVID year. And that was uh, after being, I took only just one gap year and some guys had, had it harder than I did who aged out of juniors. Um, but just that transition of, you know, now it's not just playing hockey. That's not just your full-time job. It's now, you know, you gotta, you gotta remain academically eligible. And so, you know, some guys it's, that could be a little scary at, at times and you definitely had to learn and adjust, um, you know, just proper time management and, you know, over the past couple of years, it certainly has gotten a lot easier. And especially now that COVID doesn't have as large of an impact on our everyday lives. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's helping the new guys coming in now with, you know, giving them tips and tricks or learning the time management. Because at the end of the day, we're all in it together and we're all kind of experiencing the same thing. And it's, it's still it, just the school and academic side of being on a team. It kind of brings it together even more. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, Colgate's one of the best around as far as combining the two. So really, you guys are terrific at that. But all that hard work is now culminating because we are ready for a new season. So this weekend, you guys kick off your exhibition season with uh, games against uh, RPI and golf. Actually, I think I got that reverse order, but sorry about that. And anyways, your regular season kicks off the following weekend against Northern Michigan. Uh, in the latest USCHO poll, you guys have got some votes in there. So the voters are noticing going into this season. What do you guys think are some of the strengths of your team? Well, for me, it's, um, it's our goaltending. I mean, I got our goalie on. What do, we, what do you want me to say? <laughs> so yeah, we set that right up for you. <laughs> right? Thanks for that softball question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what um, are friends for, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, again, we, we have 
all of our all eight defensemen back last from last year. So defensively, we're we're solid. I, I like I you know I love what I'm seeing here in the early going. Obviously, Carter's on top of his game. Um, so you know it, it has to start there with, with every guy back. We we did lose some offense up front, so we've got to find a way. Um, you know, to, to create some offense, I think our, our our power play has to continue to work and, and improve. Um, but I, I, you know, I I like our team a lot. I, we haven't had a team probably this experienced in about four or five years. Um, so for the early going here, it's almost been you know giving them a, a couple of drills and get out of the way. You know, sometimes I can mess up a practice just just as as good as I can create one. So. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. Uh, our league obviously is, you know, it, it, it's from one night to the next. It's it, it's a bounce of the puck. It's a save. It's a special team play. I mean, that's college hockey now. So when you only play thirty four game regular season games, I mean, you know, every game is like game seven. And I think people miss the mark there. Yeah, it's it's great in junior hockey playing 70, 80 games, and that sort of mimics a pro game. But to me, I think our guys. Uh, are better prepared and, and and from a development standpoint because every single game matters. Um, you know, you know we lost a, a bid to the NCAA tournament in 2015 by two uh, tenths of a percentage point, and you know one more win or a tie somewhere along the way would have got us in the tournament. The team that got in over us was Providence College by 0.02 percent, and they won the national tournament. You know, so. Um, you know, without putting too much pressure on your guys, they, they do need to realize that, you know, every, every shift matters, every draw matters, every shot on goal matters. And, uh, but that's what makes college hockey beautiful, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and you're, you're so right about that, Coach, because uh, with, a, with a shorter schedule than you mentioned junior hockey, there's, there's definitely less margin for error. And, you know, obviously you guys are play, playing in the ECAC. You got some, some tough competition in there as well. Uh, but you know what, too, you know, you play those tougher teams, you pick up a few wins in them, and you guys are going to shoot right up the standings and the rankings, really. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we've got, I mean, the the the, the poll with the four top teams and, and us being fifth, but Quinnipiac is, you know, they're going to be a power. You know, you got Harvard who just continues to reload every year. Clarkson has done a, Casey's done a great job up there. And then Cornell. I mean, Cor you know, Cornell just is, is always there, but. I, I like our chances. I really do. Uh, I think it's going to be a it's going to be a fun year, and we can't wait to get going um, this weekend with the exhibition games, uh, with RPI, and then Guelph on Sunday, and then next weekend right right into you know the real deal with Northern Michigan, and they're ranked number two in their in their conference. So yeah, there's no nights off. I guess is the best way to put. It. <laughs> Not at all. How about you, Carter? What do you think? We got some uh, strengths from your perspective. Well, I think it's one of our identities in the room is playing fast. Uh, we're a team that contains, we have all, all of our players have a ton of speed and in the ECAC, it's so defensive and it's so tight that any little edge can, you know, make it a tough night for the opponent. And I think our speed is something that we can uh, certainly use against them. And it's, and like coach was saying, it's every game, it, it's every game is exciting. It's a game seven experience. It's so tight. Um, and we got a sense right now, you know, we've been here for a little over a month, and everybody, everybody on the team is so excited for the season. We have we have high expectations, and you, we're set out to you know be a contender in the ECAC, and that's one of our goals is to win an ECAC championship. And it's we don't have we shouldn't have a doubt in our mind that we can't do that. So you can just feel that we all have a 
strong sense of excitement and you know the fact that we're playing so early right now is it's awesome compared to freshman year where we didn't get to play one game until november and then take a two-week break and then come back it's it's night and day difference and it's you know we're, we're all so pumped for it oh sure i, I can only imagine I and mean, that's that's awesome and you know in a, in a few weeks you guys have got a big road trip coming up you're going all the way out to arizona state that, uh, that's that's interesting, uh, kind of uh, thinking outside the box, I guess, a little bit. Uh, so, obviously, you're going to have to fly out there. You're going to have to maybe cut a few days off of your practice time or whatever. What are the what kind of different preparations are you going to have to make for that trip as opposed to, say, a, a bus trip within the ECAC? Uh, I mean, it's it's these guys are resilient. It's amazing when you look at – uh, where these guys come from. I mean, we've got them from all over the place, right? But um, some of our guys have had 15-hour, 20-hour bus trip. Carter, what was your longest bus trip? My longest, I think it was only eight hours. In the AJ in Sugar Park, I was pretty fortunate. but o Only eight hours. Yeah, that's we, it. <laughs> we've had some guys in the BCE League that, you know, they've had to wait for ferries and, and do this. But uh, – yeah, I mean, it, it, they're, again, they're just they go with the flow. They're you know we we played in Arizona the, the year they first became Division One, so we've mm -hmm. been there once before. Uh, you know, they've done an amazing job with that program as an independent um, building a brand new rink. The most exciting part about probably this trip is we we'll, we will be the first game in their new rink. Oh, um, really? Oh, excellent. Yeah, so we'll be kicking out the Phoenix Coyotes so we can come in and play because they're playing in the same building. <laughs> I know. Uh, but we're excited to be able to open their building, and we hope to, you know, run their parade a little bit when we're there. But I've uh, got a ton of respect for the job they've done at Arizona. You know, it, I think the one thing about taking a long trip like that early in the season is it pulls the guys together. Sure. You know, I, there's nothing quite like being on the road. There's less distractions, and um, there's always – you always be prepared for uh, – you know, for some adversity, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a delayed plane or a piece of equipment gets lost. But uh, we're, we're really looking forward to that trip, especially early in the season, um, to, to sort of pull the guys together and, and see what, you know, what we have on the road. Because it, it won't be easy and uh, it, the games are already sold out in their new building. So uh, we're looking, really looking forward to that. I don't know what Carter has to say, but I, I know I am. Yeah, well, you couldn't have said any better, Coach, talking about how it pulls the team together. We had a, a bit of an experience last year traveling to Northeastern when uh, just travel issues, delays, cancellations of flights. It's in the moment, it's it's not great, but you know you're with you're with the team, you're with the guys that you, you nobody else you'd rather be with. So it's 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 an awesome experience traveling, and the fact that we get to go to Arizona State in their new rink and their home opener of their new rink, it's going to be just electric. And the fact that it's this early on in the year, it honestly can't do, it can't hurt us no matter what to go to something like that, where it's going to be great hockey and just great for the team. Well, unfortunately it's going to be on TV too with ESPN plus. So that's, that's definitely, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you guys surprised me though, because uh, you said you, you prefer to go early in the season. I figured you guys were going to say, well, we want to go in January when it's five below here with about three feet of snow on the ground. Scott, let me tell you, like <laughs> when they announced the, the first time that they were going to become division one, I was the first one to call their coach. And I said, listen, we'll come play you, but it's got to be in January. <laughs> And we did. We went out. We we had a great time and got out of the 
you know, the frozen tundra here and had a, had a great trip out there. We split with them. They were even good back then. Um, you know, so that, that, yeah, that was the first, the first checkbox. Okay. We're going, but we're not going until it's January. <laughs> Can't say as I blame you. Not one bit, <laughs> but you know, you guys both mentioned that it's, it's a definitely a, a team building and brings the team together. Uh, just a few weeks ago, you had another team building exercise. You, uh, you went to a, a, a firefighting camp. And uh, that looked like you guys had a lot of fun. So tell us, how did that come about? And um, did you have fun? I'll speak to the how it came about part. Then I'll let Carter speak to sort of how it went. But uh, Dana Borges, uh, my associate head coach, um, was looking for some kind of a team building experience. And he, he has an uncle that's a firefighter and fell upon th their um, uh, sort of their core values, which speak directly to what we do trust you have to trust the guy that's you know next to you on the fire line you you have to have a team first mentality um you've got to be able to make decisions you know in in quickly and uh and uh, you know people's lives are on the line and you know i'm not saying our guys are lives are on the line but a lot of those qualities translate to what we do and what we think of as our team and uh it, it, the message could not have been better and we had a lot of fun in, in the process, but I think our guys realized that it's uh, it's not easy work, but it is a team. I'll let you know. I'll let Carter speak a little more to it. Yeah, I know. When we found out that we had to leave on the bus at seven a.m. on the Saturday, we weren't too thrilled about it. But you know, after when we got there and after we were done with it, maybe you know, we couldn't have been more fortunate to have been given the opportunity to do that. That was. You know, we, we split up into four different groups and four teams competing against each other. And obviously being on the team that did win the overall competition, it was <laughs> pretty sweet. But, uh, you know, it, like Coach said, it's a lot of those values that we, you know, what not only us, but also the firefighters, what they have to go through. And, you know, it's about trusting your guys and trusting your teammates that they're going to do their job so that, you know, it's everything is team first in that and that's just a, kind of the same thing that we have one of our core values here at colgate is team first so it's it was very applicable and then you know the message was very translatable and it's it was just a blast it was it was hard work it was fun but uh yeah it was it was awesome well being a firefighter myself i gotta know what kind of competitions did you guys do uh we did a dummy drag relay uh we carried a fire hose up a couple flights of stairs pulled the fire hose up with a with a rope and sent it back down. Um, we did the Kaiser hammer and then we also uh, ran out the hose to spray a pylon and then run it back to the truck. And then that was also a relay. So we had timed events in all of them. No kidding. So they didn't take it easy on you guys. No, it, it, they definitely didn't take it easy on us. We had a lot of guys who were sore, especially after the Kaiser hammer. That was oh, yeah. a lot of guys hands and they got blisters and it definitely wasn't easy, but it was, uh, it was worth it, and it was a lot of fun. And Coach had to have been going, wait a second, take it easy on these guys. They got a well, season coming up. Settle down. I'm worried about their hands being shredded. You know, like, <laughs> this guy's got to work in the, on Monday with, you know. But, yeah. yeah. It, 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 was, it was great. I mean, the the, the crew that uh, the Madison County fire uh, people were tremendous. And um, and they they actually gave a demonstration with one of their guys. And apparently they do – you may know this better than me, but – there's like eight stations that they normally do. We just did four, but the, the, the fireman that demonstrated it did it in full gear with oxygen on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
We didn't have to do that. Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did it. And he, and, but, but his team was next to him the whole time, making sure he was okay. And it really elevated uh, our guys and our spirits and really the whole team first thing was, uh, it was amazing. So uh, I highly recommend it, you know, to anybody that wants to give it a try. Oh, and that's just, a, it's a great way of, of thinking outside the box to, to bring the team together like that. But just one last question on that, because I, I got to know, which Colgate Raider is going to end up being on an episode of Chicago Fire? Uh, I got this one. Nick <laughs> Belpedio. <laughs> and there's, there's a backstory there, but uh, <laughs> Nick's, well, I probably can say it. Can I say it, Carter? Yeah, you can. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's, dad, Nick's dad actually works on the set of Chicago. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. He does a lot of their, uh, he does a lot of their, uh, uh, special effects stuff. No kidding. That, nice. that's, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, that is. That's cool. See how quickly I perked up, Scott? <laughs> I know. He's like he's like the Phantom of the Opera right now. He's not on the screen, but we can just hear him. Well, yeah, I, I can do go. that. I mean, come on. Yeah. There he is. There's a little bit of an inside scoop for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. I know you just got done with practice, so I'm sure you want to take a breather and probably get something to eat. But, again, we we just appreciate you coming on the show and and talking about the upcoming season, which we know you guys are going to do phenomenal this year. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, great luck this season. And uh, and I, I'll be out in a couple weeks to see one of the Northern Michigan games. So I'll, I'll Oh, that would be awesome. There. Let us know what you need. You know, we, we you know take care of your, you know, your tickets or whatever and uh... – Absolutely. Yeah, love, love to have you. Um, check back in with us later. I think this is a great thing for Central New York and 315 uh, area. Um, so we're all in. Whatever you guys need, let us know. Ah, perfect. Thank you so much, Coach. And, and Carter, thanks a million. We really appreciate it. Best of luck this season, guys. And like I said, we know you're going to do phenomenal. So like I said, go go take a well-deserved break. So, <laughs> Awesome, guys. All right. Thank you, fellas. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. All right. That was pretty awesome right there. That, that really was. Uh, Mike, I know you had to cut out there for a few minutes. Uh, totally understand. Oh, hey, Don't, he, he went again. again. Where'd he go? That's all right. As soon as you started talking well, to him, he left. I know, right? I, I, I better I better run a commercial, people. buddy. I, I think so. I think maybe we will go to commercial break. And when we come back from commercial, we're going to wrap up some odds and ends. So stick with us. All right. All three of us are back now. All right. We're back. Uh, yeah, my so, internet kept crapping out. So now I'm on the phone with the Wi-Fi turned off. Oh, there you go. Well, <laughs> fortunately for you, segment two is not going to take up too long, so we don't want to use up too much of your data. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that was that was fantastic, uh, of both of them. And, and again, I'm so looking forward to some, some Colgate hockey this season. Uh, you know, people just don't realize it sometimes. I, I think that, you know, we have this, this great Division One program that's really right down the road. Yeah, really good. And they they play a lot of pretty good teams too. Oh, I when I was when I was playing at MV, we went down there as a team to watch a game, and they played. I don't know who it was. I think Ferris State. 
Wow. That was really, really good game. Yeah, Ferris State was pretty good back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you look at the, the powerhouse of the ECAC this this year. I mean, it's just there's going to be all kinds of great hockey out there at the Class of 1965 Arena on the Colgate University campus in Hamilton, New York. So, Mike, we got some more hockey coming up this weekend. Um, we're going to have Dave put the uh, graphic that you got, that you made out there. You did such a fantastic job with. Look at that. Did my um, best. <laughs> actually, I think uh, the other graphic comes first. Uh, let's see. There it is. All right. So September 38th. Weekend. Yeah, well, no, that's 30th. That's it. Eh, looks Boy, like an A almost. My eyes. Yeah, you're just full of it tonight. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, you are totally full of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, know. This Friday night, the Syracuse University women are going to Merrimack to take on take them on, and the Colgate University women, who we just had on last week, are at Mercyhurst. Both of those both of those games are obviously on the road. Uh, Saturday, October first, again, Syracuse is playing Merrimack. The Colgate women are playing Mercyhurst once again. And, Rory, we got some Junior Comets action. So the Junior Comets NCDC team is in – they're playing the, the Boston Junior Comets – or, I'm sorry, the Boston Junior Bruins. Uh, it's a jun, Junior Bruins shootout, so apparently there's a tournament going on out there. Uh, yeah, there's a, big, there's a big showcase for NCDC and Premier, all kinds of hockey out there this weekend. Yeah, that's, that's awesome because it looks like the Premier team is going to kick off against the New Hampshire Junior Monarchs. So that's uh, that's really cool. Um, that's Marlboro, Massachusetts, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. And let's see, Dave, if you could go over to our next slide, please. Uh, yeah, which one was that? Oh, yeah. And there it is. <laughs> I forgot which one I clicked on. Well, that's okay. We understand. Yeah. It's, it's all good. I know. Um, as you can see, the, uh, the tournament continues right there for both the NCDC and the Premier team. Uh, all kinds of action for them this weekend. Uh, if you go to UticaComets.com, you can link to the Junior Comets website there. And, and actually, the best place to go is USPHL.com to uh, follow all the action there. Uh, like I said, and we talked about earlier, the Colgate men, they got, uh, they got, let's see, RPI. They're on the road at RPI this weekend, uh, Saturday, the first to play RPI. And then uh, Sunday, they are home for golf, and those are both exhibition games. So, anyways, we're going to wrap up here with uh, our contest. Dave, if you would put there. Yeah, there, yeah, right there. Is that what I knew? We're getting, <laughs> yeah, we're getting down the home stretch here, people, for our Martin Broder bobblehead giveaway. Uh, we're going to draw that next week. So, if you want the Martin Broder bobblehead giveaway contest, uh, you got to like that post that you see on our Facebook page. Uh, just go to 315 Hockey on Facebook. Scroll down, you'll find that post, like that, and please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel because that's the big reason why we're doing it, <laughs> to uh, build up our subscriber base. So there it is right there. We'll be drawing that next week. Best of luck to everybody who enters. Do you realize I have uh, that thing hostage here in the studio now? Well, it's just, you know <laughs> It's why? alone because with me now. I'm never going to see it again. <laughs> I know. I don't what bobblehead? I don't know what you're talking about, Mike. <laughs> I, I <laughs> I suppose we should probably start putting a disclaimer before this. Huh? Yeah. If Dave doesn't <laughs> run off with it first. Yeah. We don't know what kind of condition the bobblehead's going to be in when you win it. But that's yeah. It. <laughs> uh, you Bar know, Barry, Barry thinks we'd have, he, you see, he, he wants my bobblehead. You know, Barry, it's 89 bucks. We've already checked into it. We and did too. We really did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, uh, Mike, any closing thoughts? 
Just excited to see all the games starting to pick up here. We got Colgate Men starting. D3 starts pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. And your daughter's excited, too. This is awesome. Yeah, she got her first haircut, so she's very excited. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Look. Hey, looking good. <laughs> All right. I like it. <laughs> she's a star now. <laughs> yeah, you're a star. Absolutely. Uh, and you know what, too, I just wanted to mention as well, uh, if your youth hockey program is doing any kind of fundraisers, please let us know. We will announce it right here during this segment for you. Uh, we want to be able to get the word out for all programs possible to try to raise some money because we know sometimes but the sport we love can get expensive. So, like I said, if you got a fundraiser, let us know and we'll help get the word out. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we got for tonight, fellas. Um, again, we want to thank the Colgate men's head coach, Don Vaughn, and goaltender Carter Guylander for coming on the show. That was awesome. And uh, you know what? Like I said, they're going to do great this season. So anyways, for Mike Verminski, for Dave the Save Warner, I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next week on 315 Hockey Live.